Good morning. It's wonderful to welcome you here. We are in the midst of a 10-week sermon series. This is week number nine. You might be wondering, where is the pastor? Well, let me show you. My family is in Southern California with our special Wesleys, so my daughter and I can walk in the Children's Hospital of Orange County, the Chalk Walk at Disneyland. So even though I am actually in Southern California, um, I had a lot of fun this week putting together the sermon. I do want to take a moment here just to say thank you to the women of the boutique who made a donation that covered the entry fees for me to participate in the chalk walk. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that gift. And so did the children in the Children's Hospital. So before we get to today's sermon, I want to take a moment to review because next week is the 10th week and we're going to have a test. I want to make sure you all pass the test because otherwise you have to stay after class. So let's go through them again. Number one, remember, God's number when there's no other God above God, only God. Number two, we look like the two is like somebody kneeling in prayer, right? We worship God, no idols. We don't worship idols. The number three, we remember three looks like our lips. So we're going to use our lips to honor God. We don't take God's name in vain. We don't misuse God's name, right? The number four looks like a chair. When you flip the four upside down, it looks like a chair. And we sit down and we rest. We honor the Sabbath and keep it holy. The number five, like the handprint gifts that people give to their mothers or fathers, right? So the five is honor your mother and father. The number six, when you turn it on its side, looks like a gun. Pew, 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 right? We don't murder. We're not even violent. We don't even get angry, right? That's what Jesus says. The number seven is like holding your loved one close, right? And we remember that we keep our family commitments. We don't commit adultery. The number eight looks like a robber's mask when you turn that eight on its side. And that helps us to remember to do not steal. And what's the number nine? Well, I have to tell you that we really need to just change rooms for that. This isn't the best setting to talk about. So let's go to the other room. So we're in this setting to talk about the ninth commandment. The ninth commandment is thou shalt not bear false witness. And I thought we needed to be in a little more courtroom setting here because we want to remember the number nine as a gavel, right? Order in the court. So the number nine, the ninth commandment, thou shalt not bear false witness. And we're gonna think of that as a courtroom setting. Except for this, how many times in life do we actually go to court? I mean, I personally have never testified in a court. So does that mean that commandment doesn't apply most of the time? I actually think that God really wanted us to not just bear false witness when we're in court, but in our everyday lives. And I'm wondering, how would that change the world if we always told the truth? If we never were false witness, is that something that impacts us as Christians? Is that something that impacts the neighborhood around us? That's actually a really good question. And we have a person on the street today to ask people in our community about that. Let's go live now to our reporter on the streets of Clovis. Hi, I'm Irma Jean, the Question Queen. And we're here today to ask a few people on the street to help us out. We're studying the ninth commandment. 
thou shalt not bear false witness. So let's go talk to the people in Old Town. Come on. Question number one. Have you ever had somebody tell other people things about you that weren't true? Yes. Just don't touch anything, yeah. okay? To be honest, not that I recall. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And how did that make you feel? Insecure. It caused me problems in high school and college. Not great. Yeah, it makes you a little upset. Terrible. Angry and confused of why it even happened. It's very hurtful because I don't treat people like that. You know, why, why would you do that to people? You know, why would you cut somebody down? Upset. Um, I felt like it wasn't the truth, but that's obviously their opinion, so they're entitled to that. But... Um, the best way I can describe it is upset. Pretty bad, because I was bullied a lot in middle school. So that's where it just came from. They would tell awful things about me to like everyone thought that I was like a liar and that I was really mean and said stuff about people when I did not. So it just made me feel like nobody really wanted me around, you know? Pretty rough. I felt hurt. Yeah, I was sad. Question number two. Have you ever been in a group where somebody else was telling stories about somebody and you knew what they were telling wasn't true? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And how did that make you feel? Also sad. Okay. That's not nice. Yeah. Okay. It makes you wonder if the person who's gossiping will be talking about you when you leave. That bothers me because like I said I, I've never put myself in a situation where I would you know let people say things about me that weren't true and vice versa like I just don't appreciate things being spoken that aren't true about other people so therefore that makes me uneasy because I've never been in a situation like that so I don't want anybody else to be in that situation and I feel like it's just not a good you know thing to be well it made me want to go tell them that stuff was getting around on them that wasn't supposed to be it made me mad because I would stand up for that person. Where do you get your information from? Can you prove it to me? You know, and then most of the time they're like, no, well, somebody told me. I was like, well, then if you don't know it's true, why are you saying that? Uncomfortable, especially if they weren't around um, because really disrespectful to the other person, whoever it's about. It made me feel awkward, cause like I loved that person and they were great, but then like my other friends were like, not making fun of them, but saying things about them that I knew were not true. So I, I didn't like that, I was just kinda like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, same feeling, you know, feel upset, you wanna tell them, you know, stop or whatever, you know, yeah. Question number three. Have you ever been part of a group of people who you knew always will watch your back? Like, if you weren't there, they would make sure people still were respecting you and, and telling the truth about you. Have you ever been part of a group like that? Yes. I was like my friends would do that and stand up for me. Oh, yeah. I live in one of those back home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Never in my life. Yeah. I think most of my friends would, yeah. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And how did that make you feel? Safe. 
good because we all kind of take care of each other around there. It feels good. It makes you feel like like confident, like the people you're around like love you. I just feel humble, you know, because yeah. it's very humbling. It makes you feel good, yeah. Empowered, I guess, is a community of people were uh, able to see value in me and so they stood up for something that they saw in me that they believed in so it made me feel really good about myself. It made me feel really safe and loved. Question number four. If you walk into a church, would you anticipate that the people in the church would respect you? Yeah. Uh, yes. Yes. Depends on the church, because I've been to some where if I have short hair, a lot of people will be like whispering and looking at me because they think I'm gay, just because I have short hair. So I've been like that at a lot of church, but a lot of other churches I know that they'll accept me. I would say no, because it's still a large amount of people that are gathering uh, to listen to a service, to a message, but they are still regular people who have their own opinions about other individuals and so regardless of what they're going for um, they could still have a different idea about you outside which obviously doesn't matter if they go inside of a church it's still gonna be their, their whatever mindset they have whatever thoughts they have well that's kind of hard to say because they don't know me but I would just want them because we're all broken people, you know, we're all just people, you know, and I don't expect, I don't go in expecting to be, you know, everybody to be at their best because really we're not, we're all broken and so, so I guess no, I, I guess that's something you, they don't know me, so why would they, but I would just want to be treated fairly not really respect me but just under, try to understand me because God teaches that he teaches that you got everybody's different for a reason I, I, I would have the expectation and I would allow to say that I would believe that all of them would be you know respectful and um, because they're coming in for a service however I also do know that there's always you know that 50 50 like you go in somewhere and like yeah it would be great if everybody you know was on the same page and they were respectful and showed love for everyone but unfortunately there's always going to be you know different opinions and different points of views and i feel like then when that starts coming into play i think you just get one person that will be different and in a different situation and i feel like um it would just you know, depend so the answer to that would be yes and no yes uh at least greet you and introduce yourself stuff like that now, i've been in some that haven't all you do is walk in, attend the service, and walk out. Wow, that was really fun and interesting. I'm sending it back to you, Pastor. Wow, that was great work, Ermachine. It's really interesting to note how everyone that you interviewed had been adversely affected by people telling lies or by gossip. Like, they were sad, they were hurt, they were bullied. And on and on. And on. But, but I do have a question. But 
Yeah, I have a question because I was noticing that most of the people didn't really anticipate that the people in the church would be respecting them. And that concerns me. And so my question is, what, should I be concerned? I mean, should I just be rejoicing that they are giving us grace, recognizing that we are all still sinners? Or, or, or should I be concerned like, like Christians, at least in the church, we should be holding up a higher ideal. What do you think, Pastor? Yes. Yes, I absolutely. Christians should be concerned about this. Anywhere there's this much universal suffering... Christians should be concerned. And we should be making sure that we are not contributing to that suffering. We do need to hold ourselves to a higher standard. It should be obvious that we're Christians by our love. We should be concerned when we catch ourselves gossiping. But, 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 I have a question. Thank you, I have a question. It's about this woman, I know her name is Mary Lou, and she, I think she's bitter. She just, every person she meets, she has something, she finds something bad to say about them. I am sure that she has driven out at least 24 or 25 people from our congregation. And, you know, really, I mean, one time we were going up for communion and she spit in the communion juice. It was, I was so gross. I couldn't even take oh, it. Jean, I find that story hard to believe. How could that be true? Well, Okay, I was using some hyperbole there. But, I mean, really, bless her heart. She can't help it. She just has such low self-esteem that she's... Irma Jean, you're she sounding disrespectful. Cuts everybody down, try to build herself up, I guess. Now you're being insulting. Well, I was just saying the truth. But speaking the truth in love, if you believe you can help somebody, you need to give them your insights in a way that's not disrespectful or hurtful. But I was just trying to be helpful. You can't be helpful to Mary Lou when she's not even here. You were telling stories about her that were exaggerated and flattering. I knew that. I was trying to be helpful to you. I was providing you with a sermon illustration. Oh, I'm sorry I misunderstood you, Irma Jean. Thank you for your help. Okay, so I think you can take it from here. I think okay. so. Thanks for your help today, Irma Jean. Can you believe that woman? She kept interrupting me. Hermit Jean, I can still hear you. I knew that. I knew okay. you did. All right. Take Thanks it away. so much. Okay, bye-bye. 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 So as Christians, we need to understand that our lives are the only Bible most people ever read. As Christians, we need to understand that our lives are the mirror of the love of Christ for the world. And so when we catch ourselves in a situation where people are gossiping or where we're gossiping, or where we're exaggerating stories to make other people seem less, to diminish them, to make ourselves look better, Truly, it's about us, about our own brokenness. And so we need to stop and go to Jesus, and we need to ask Jesus to help us. There was a time when my husband and I were traveling, and we were going to go visit some people. And sometimes I had conflicts with those people. And um, 
And I was thinking about that, and I and I had some things I, I wanted to say, but as I thought about what I was going to say to my husband, I realized that really I was just gossiping. I was saying and thinking that I would say unflowering things and, and getting him to agree with me. And that's that's not making a good witness for Jesus. And so I asked God to give me some wisdom and to help me have a conversation with my husband that would actually be beneficial. And so I turned to my husband and instead of saying unflattering things about the people we were going to visit, I actually confessed, you know, sometimes when we go to see these people, I, I get frustrated. And when I get frustrated, I behave in ways that aren't really the highest ideals. My best self gets pushed behind and I can be mean-spirited. What do you think that's about? What is it that sets that triggers off? And he and I had a conversation about that and, and it was very enlightening for me. And when we went to visit our friends and I was in a much better space and you know, I didn't have any frustrations that day with them. I really want to encourage us as Christians to be sincere and honest about who we are in our own struggles because when we do that, we free other people to do that as well. And rather than using other people as example and tearing them down, we can, we can use ourselves in humility and try to build ourselves up through growth and maturity. This ninth commandment is very important, not just in a court of law, this is everyday life. Not to bear false witness, not even to start exaggerating a little bit to make ourselves look better or somebody else look worse. And learning, as Paul has taught us, to speak the truth in love so that every day our lives are a good witness for Jesus. Will you join me in a prayer? Loving God, we confess that too often we fall back on easy solutions and shortcuts that we would rather make other people look less intelligent look somehow less able than us and build ourselves up by making other people look not as good. God, we ask that you would forgive us. God, we ask that you would forgive us for the many times when we have been silent while people said hurtful things about others, for the many times when we ourselves have spoken hurtfully about others, even if we felt it was true. God, forgive us. Help us instead to grow in our ability to recognize our own brokenness and to invite you to heal us. Help us to accept that healing presence so that we might grow day by day to be more and more faithful in our following Jesus. So that every day, truly, what we say and what we do makes a good witness for Jesus. It's in his name that we pray this and in the power of have your Holy Spirit. Amen. Six to one, and please stand as.